Good morning, everyone. This is First Up. I'm Matthew Kaz, and that is Carlo Koliakovo. And there is news that things are getting a little bit, um, that there's a chance that Woody Johnson and the Jets are going to be able to woo Aaron Rodgers. They flew on the private jet to California to meet him in person. We're hearing from Diana Russini that it's looking, it's closer and closer, like they might be able to, to get a deal done. How does this work with the Packers? So much palace intrigue joining us now. One of our favorites from ESPN. It is Ed Werder. Ed, good morning, sir. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you this off season? What's up, Ed? What yeah. off season? Hello, you, you came what? back from Florida. I did. I did. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I did. Yeah. <laughs> we all make bad. By decisions. the way, yeah, we. Yeah, do. we. Oh, yeah. But Ed, you talked about off season. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Daniel Jones. I, I don't see an off season as of yet, and I'm sorry for that because you deserve a much longer break. But um, you know, just your thoughts on now that there is optimism in the Jets organization—a sentence rarely ever said—but that we are getting closer and closer to Aaron Rodgers joining the Jets. Well, I think people will remember this will be the second time, if it happens, that the Jets, uh, the lowly yes. Jets, are able to acquire from the Green Bay Packers a Hall of Fame quarterback, Brett Favre travel this same path uh, as Aaron Rodgers is uh, presumptively about to go to. Uh, you know, it's interesting. The Jets are obviously uh, one of the most quarterback-needy teams in all of football. I mean, if you, if you look at the period of time from 2009 to 2022, that's Mark Sanchez to Zach Wilson, which that alone says it all. The Jets are last in the NFL in touchdown passes, completion percentage, tied for the most interceptions, and so Woody Johnson, after last season, after they started three different quarterbacks, you know, made the comment that he was all in to go get a veteran quarterback. And the Packers uh, appear to be ready to move on to Jordan Love, uh, who they drafted in the first round three years ago, who has played very little. And Woody Johnson's ready to take on a massive uh, financial commitment to Aaron Rodgers, which is like $60 million this year. Now, how that gets divided up is is something the Packers and the Jets need to resolve in addition to whatever compensation the Jets are going to send to the Packers. And I assume the more of the contract the Packers take responsibility for, the better uh, draft picks they'll receive from the Jets. But, you know, the, I think the Jets are – they feel like they're a, they're a playoff-ready team, even though they've got the longest playoff drought in the NFL – uh, with their defense, that they're a quarterback away. They've got good offensive pieces you know, at running back, at wide receiver, and they're a quarterback away. And, and they're trying to follow the formula of the Bucks with Tom Brady in you know 2020, with the Rams winning a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford in his first year with them in 2021. And we'll see where it goes from here. But I, it sounds like there's a very high probability this is going to happen imminently. Uh, there's so much to digest here with the with the with the Jets. Like, why is Aaron Rodgers the guy that they're focusing on, who might only have one year of football left? And you have a guy like Lamar Jackson right now on the open market that can not only help you win next year with the team that you have, but can help you win multiple years after that. Well, I think the fact that they hired Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator because of presumably because of his close relationship with Aaron Rodgers 
demonstrates that the Jets have been focused on Aaron Rodgers for a long time. Whether they expected um, Lamar Jackson would be available or not, whether he really is available or not, nobody knows. Nobody knows if you, you're willing to negotiate a contract with Lamar Jackson that presumably is going to be a huge amount of guaranteed money and then require you to give up two first-round picks. Are the Ravens then just going to match the offer and you're never going to get the guy anyway? Uh, I think the, the Jets have taken a chance here already by letting Derek Carr, who I think they viewed as their, their backup option if they couldn't get Rodgers, you know, he went and signed with the Saints this week. So I think the Jets have been fixated on Aaron Rodgers for a long time. I think they like the way he plays the game in a more traditional way at quarterback than Lamar Jackson does. Now, the, the other question is, once if this all happens, as we assume it will now, can Aaron Rodgers still play? I mean, right. he was terrible in Green Bay last year. That's he didn't what make I mean. The He's kind of coming off, you know, it was his fewest passing yards in a full season in his career. Uh, he only had 25 touchdown passes. That's his fewest. He had 12 interceptions, the second most. He's, had, he's coming off a bad year and making, you know, a transition to a new franchise. It'll be interesting to watch. But like I said, with Brady and, and Stafford, we've seen this happen. And the team, you know, get the immediate result that was looking for in making that kind of trade. You know, the one person nobody's talking about in all this is Zach Wilson. How does he feel <laughs> about all this? I mean, they're, they've made it you know, very publicly known. They're out to search for a quarterback. You have Jets players publicly vouching on, on social media for guys, to, for Aaron Rodgers to sign. Like, how, where does Zach Wilson fit in all this? Are they committed to him? Are they moving on from him? Is he a well-liked guy in that, in that locker room? Like, how does this all play out, Ed? Well, you, you remember last year there was uh, the bad reaction Mike in the White. locker room to, to him. Yeah, well, because of what he said about not being responsible for the team losing when, in fact, I think there were three games that he started where the Jets' defense allowed seven or fewer points and they lost all of those games. And then you have the quarterback <laughs> who generated no offense saying, wasn't my fault, I played fine, you know. Uh, yeah, and so you're right. They moved on to Mike White at various times. Uh, Robert Sala, the, the head coach, repeatedly said they weren't giving up on Zach Wilson. And whether this means they're giving up on Zach Wilson or not will depend on how well Aaron Rodgers plays and if he's there for you know more than one season. I don't think Zach Wilson's future with the Jets is an impediment to anything else they're going to do. I think they've made it pretty clear uh, that you know, he's going to be a bystander in all this and a backup quarterback. And they're going to say, you know, he's a, he'll, he'll, this guy, Aaron Rodgers is someone, you know, he's emulated and admired his idol and he's going to learn from watching Rodgers play. And, you know, two or three years from now, he'll be better for it and ready to be our franchise quarterback in a way that he's not right now. They'll say all those things, but I don't think they're really considering uh, his future right now as they pursue Aaron Rodgers. No, and Zach Wilson was the one who said, whatever veteran they bring here, I'm going to make his life miserable. Meanwhile, all the skill position <laughs> players are going on Twitter going, please bring us Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. That's not going to be awkward at all in the Jets' locker room. We are joined by Ed Werder from ESPN. And, Ed, I, I want to do something that is wrong for the radio business. I want to ask you something and frame it in a very boring way. So I apologize to the listeners. The Lamar Jackson situation. Yeah, the Lamar Jackson situation, it's a fun one. Cause is it about collusion? Do all the owners are they trying to suppress salaries? Poor Lamar Jackson. Like, like we love to do this. And I get part of it. No one trusts NFL owners. They don't deserve our trust. They're not exactly having a high Q rating on any popularity scale. 
But could the simple answer be that teams are just nervous about giving 50-plus million dollars of 100% guaranteed money to a player who's had a whole bunch of injuries the last two years? And I recognize it's weird when Atlanta says, we don't want you. But could it just be that a lot of teams are just scared by the injuries and the money demands from a guy who doesn't have an agent? Well, that's, that's it to me. There, this is a really unique circumstance for a lot of different reasons. You've got you know, a quarterback, like you said, who plays the game a different way. He's evolved as a passer, but he's the best running quarterback maybe in the history of the game. Uh, he's taken more contact from defenders than anybody in, the, in recent years. He's missed 22 games in his short career. He's not won consistently in the playoffs. What is he, one in four in the playoffs? He's finished the last two seasons uh, with an injury, missing the final games of the season, including last year when they had a, a win-and-get-in game uh, at the end of the year. So I think there are a lot of circumstances. Plus, yeah, it's a unique dynamic when the, the player, he's basically being represented by the players' union. And yeah. the players' union has is, is more than looking out for what's in the best interest of Lamar Jackson. They're trying to establish a precedent here with Deshaun Watson's contract, and they're using Lamar Jackson's circumstance to try to achieve that goal, which is fully guaranteed money for NFL players. It's happened once now with Deshaun Watson. And how, to your point, you know, how can all these teams uh, last year that were in it to the end, the Saints, um, the Falcons, uh, teams like the Panthers, how can they quick, so quickly dismiss Lamar Jackson and say we're not interested when they were interested in in Deshaun Watson. Watson last year with all this money guaranteed with him facing a long suspension because of the allegations made against him off the field. I mean, Lamar Jackson's a much cleaner uh, prospect in that regard. And yeah. so, how can these teams who always say, "Hey, you know, player acquisition is a twenty-four hour a day, three hundred sixty-five day a year proposition." We're looking at every situation. How can they, in a finger snap, say, we're not interested in Lamar Jackson? And say so publicly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I know. It, it is strange. I, I guess I'm, just, I'm trying to, because, listen, I want to do the more collusion topic. It's fun. It's sexy. Who doesn't like ripping on NFL owners? But I also wonder how much of this, everyone else was into Deshaun Watson, but was everyone, would all the other teams have given Deshaun Watson the money that Cleveland did? Or does that contract represent not just what Deshaun Watson is as a quarterback, but that Cleveland was more desperate than any other team to finally get a quarterback and had to pay extra because no one wants to go to Cleveland. Yeah, I, I definitely think that was a part of it, and that's the Browns, Jimmy Haslam's justification for uh, that $230 million fully guaranteed contract was that you know this was the only way we were going to get him. He was going to go somewhere else if we didn't do this, and we wanted him that badly. And so now you've got the union trying to, understandably, trying to capitalize on that. And uh, it, 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 you do wonder, given the reaction we saw from certain teams in the NFL that need a quarterback, most obviously, and how, who doesn't need Lamar Jackson? I mean, how many, teams, right. how many teams have a quarterback better than Lamar Jackson, and why isn't he getting any interest, at, at least at this point? Now, we got a draft to go through, and some teams are that want a quarterback and think they're going to get the guy they want are going to be left at the end of that without the quarterback. So will one of those teams go after Lamar Jackson? Or, or, or again, has Baltimore somehow been assured that taking this path 
is not putting Lamar Jackson at risk that nobody is really going to try to sign him aggressively because teams don't like letting opponents or other teams in the league negotiate for their top players, let alone for a 26-year-old franchise quarterback like Lamar Jackson, who's already been a league MVP. Yeah, it just no, doesn't you're... happen. Yeah, it's, it, it makes no sense. That I, it, it really doesn't. Uh, it's uh, hard to just wrap your whole, your whole head around this process. And I think the one thing that really doesn't make sense to me is why Lamar Jackson thinks that taking this approach is best to do it by himself without an agent. You just feel like if he had an agent, this would have been resolved already. And I think, you know, that's... that's the yeah, because mistake, you'd have an agent who wants to pay his commission, for one thing. Right. A, a guy who's motivated to make a deal. And in this in this dynamic, you don't have that... And you have the team talking directly to either Lamar Jackson or his family members. Right. Uh, and, and maybe now, you know, who knows? Or maybe they're talking directly to the union. But the union's heavily involved in this negotiation, and that's yeah. not common no. to this extent. Um, I want to talk to you about the Dallas Cowboys because we talked to Mark Dominic earlier in the week, and he said there was some rumors floating out of the Combine and in particular from Adam Schefter saying that the Dallas Cowboys were probably targeting Stefan Diggs at a Buffalo to reunite the Diggs brothers. I want to know if you can confirm that, if there's been any rumblings. I know the, the Cowboys are probably going to bring in a big-name wide receiver. There's rumors of Hopkins joining there, but what are you hearing about some of the big moves the Cowboys are planning on making? Well, they, they definitely need another dynamic playmaker on offense because – Right now, they have C.D. Lamb and they have Tony Pollard, and Pollard's coming off that injury, he fractured leg that he suffered in the playoff loss to San Francisco. So there's no question the Cowboys need to add a dynamic playmaker. And any of the players you mentioned, and Odell Beckham Jr. is a guy they pursued last year that Jerry Jones has said he has the same amount of interest in right now. I, I quite honestly don't see why Buffalo would trade Stephon Diggs, nor do I see why Diggs would want to go somewhere other than where he is. He's one of the best quarterbacks in football. He has a unique relationship uh, with him. He gets more opportunities than almost any receiver in football on a weekly basis to impact the game. And he's going to leave all that to come play for a lesser quarterback uh, with a a team that already has an established number one receiver, at least in their minds. I'm not saying he's not better than CeeDee Lamb. Um, But he's going to do all that so he can play with his brother, who's a cornerback. I just... I don't get it. I don't see it as a match, and uh, I don't even. That's without even looking at the you know financial aspect of how his cap number would affect Buffalo and how it would affect you know Dallas's ability to create space here. So I don't think that's a high priority. I have not seen anybody with the Cowboys. Or I've heard anybody with the Cowboys mention uh, that they think they can get Stephon Diggs from the Bills. But hey, we're all surprised all the time in covering this league. But I just I don't think that's a high priority right now or a likelihood. Ed, really appreciate. uh, We look forward to you enjoying your four-day vacation three weeks after the NFL draft and before the OTAs start. Um, So I hope you got something great cooking. (laughs) Really appreciate, my man. It's always great to get your perspective, especially just right now with all these massive names in limbo. Appreciate you taking the time. It never stops in the NFL, does it? There's there's a season does. with games and there's a season it. without games, and they all generate just as much news. Well, that's why we and love they it, absolutely Ed. do. It is Ed Werder, ESPN reporter on all things NFL. Um, on the uh, on the other side, let's um 
I'm curious. I, I haven't heard this clip. Uh, the, the head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies, Taylor Jenkins, talking about Morant and that it's it's a process that it's not overnight. We know that no charges will now be laid on Morant. A bullet dodged by him. Pun, I guess, semi-intended. Um, but he's been suspended by Memphis for four games. And also some, some bad injuries last night in the NBA with Luka, with Durant, and Zion. We'll get into all that next. That's Carlo. I'm Kaz. This is First Up.